Hello there and welcome to Music Speaks. This podcast dedicates itself to how music impacts other people's lives. For this show, we usually have two co-hosts. My name, of course, being Sean Rancunas. And you know my friend Hunter's going in that Google Meat box with his white shirt on and his glasses. Oh my goodness. Hunter and I believe that there are many people that have a playlist that makes their life unique through music. We pride ourselves on building upon our musical knowledge with our featured guests jamming to incredible music, talking about a wide variety of artists and composers, dot, 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 and everything in between. Here is the quote of the day. Life without playing music is inconceivable for me. I live my daydreams in music. I see my life in terms of music. I get most of my joy in life out of music. The one, the only, Albert Einstein. And today we will sit down with front of the show, Molly Moran, to discuss her new playlist. Without any further ado, here is our friend Molly. All right, it is time to get back to some more Moran time. Molly, it is so great to see you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. So this is your second time. You are our silver member. Uh, <laughs> that's right. No, I'm kidding. Um, but we have a new playlist from you to us. And the first song we're going to talk about is Machine Gun Kelly. Uh, you didn't actually send me this song right away. When I asked you what song you wanted, you said, I want to do this song because it's personal and interesting. And I said, okay, all right. Uh, I'll play along with that. And the idea is that the song is called Play This When I Am Gone. The album is Tickets to My Downfall. Release was in 2020. The genre is alternative slash indie. Um, you're right. This was definitely a really interesting song because when I listened to it, um, it mentions that uh, Machine Gun Kelly wrote this song about his daughter, Casey. Um, and I think it really does make a really big impact um, to how we talk about emotional levels of music. Um, so my, my question, Molly, is do you hear the connection that he's trying to make with his daughter in the song? Yeah, definitely. So this song, I came across it listening to the whole album, Tickets mm -hmm. to My Downfall, when it came out. And this song is a pretty big tone shift from the rest of the album. And it was a bit of a surprise um to kind of have him stop in the middle of an album and have a song that's written in this very personal tone to his daughter and kind of say you know this is for if i die um and i want her to listen to this if i die and it's kind of just this beautiful love song to his daughter about how much he he loves her and all of his hopes for her and i, I think it's a really a nice song to put you know towards the end of your of your album about you know kind of rock and roll and and doing drugs and things like that to have a nice little pivot and be like i'm briefly going to talk about how much i love my daughter right. i thought it was a nice song to put onto his album and interestingly enough i think that the meaning of the song it it, it sounds personal and refreshing i don't think we really get that a lot in pop music um do, do you connect with the song at all? I think I was listening to it um, in a place where I was really quite homesick. Um, mm -hmm. During, over this last winter, I, I was in London and um, where I live and I was hoping to go home for the holidays and I wasn't able to because of all of the lockdowns. And I just listened to this song and I was, you know, I was missing my family and this song really hit me as kind of like a, we never really know what's going to happen next. And so, right. you know, it's this beautiful hope to have for other people. Right. And it's a bit of a fun surprise coming from Machine Gun Kelly. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I think I think you're absolutely right. The song seems universal. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's a there's a there's a level of the song that that um that people might say, oh, it might be hokey if you're talking about, you know, your life, your emotional level. But the song isn't hokey or corny. How does mm -hmm. it achieve that without trying to sound hokey or or sort of, you know, too cheesy, as one says? I think part of it is because he's got this chorus where he opens it and he's like, I'm not going to lie and tell you it's all right. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a really 
I don't know, it's a bold thing to say when someone dies because it's not all right, right? It's never going to be. And so I think it's a nice kind of idea to say that it's not all right and right. you're gonna cry and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so I think it's a nice sentiment. You know, I'm interested in this because I felt like most of your songs sort of followed in that fashion that I'm really excited to talk about today. So I felt like there were some really great introspective connections in your music that we're going to talk about. Well, it's been a difficult year, Sean. I know. I mean, for everybody. Um, Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm going to pass it over to the freak show. Sorry, I mean, Hunter. Hunter, you're going to talk about the freak show. Hunter, go ahead. Yes. Thank you for that. All right. So like Sean said, it is the freak show by Youngblood and uh, from their album Weird in 2020. Um, and, you know, it was a very heavy beat, very intense vocals. I, I turned it on. I was like, whoa. Um, what struck you first? Was it, Did you notice the lyrics right away or was it the music? For me, it was the music. So this is the last song on... Uh, Youngblood's most recent album, Weird. And this has, for, to me, I think he's throwing it back to old Panic at the Disco, where halfway mm-hmm. through the song, they go into a halftime beat. And mm-hmm. it's like it's like in marching band when they slow it down to a slow march. You know, it's so dramatic and over the top. And you're listening <laughs> to it and you're so excited. You're just like, oh man, he went to a halftime. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I just really like this. Um, and then obviously I kind of listened to it again and listened to the lyrics. And it's got this nice idea that like, you know, we are the weird ones and that's okay, you know. Yeah, exactly. And that was kind of that was kind of my next question, which is, you know, I mm-hmm. as Sean says, he likes to do some slam poetry here. So feel free to clap after I read this. Um, but the, the the chorus of the the song seems to be this, because. Uh, Faux plastic dolls with their hands and their ribbons will strangle us all and they'll all be forgiven. I refuse to be taken the typical way. So welcome to the freak show. I hope you'll find yourself today. And you know that I, I it reminds me of, of another song and I can't remember what it is, but you know, it's the sense of like, I, well, what does it, what does it say to you? To me, it's got this kind of, energy it's like we can screw it up and and be different and be this weird kind of freak show uh descriptor that he keeps using and it's okay because we're all in this freak show mm-hmm. and i just i like that idea you yeah, know everyone's in the freak show so it's fine <laughs> <laughs> right uh, yeah it sort of gives you that sense of um you know everyone is is different in their own way and mm-hmm. And I guess that right, the freak show is referring to everybody. So it, it's a neat little, it's a neat little set of lyrics. Um, it fits well in the meter of the song, and like you said, then it goes into mm-hmm. halftime in the middle. It slows down, has a totally different feel to it. Um, yeah. And then the this song ends with like this weird scream. Like he says the last lyric, and he's like, "Scream!" And then the music cuts out first, and then the scream just finish it yeah. it's very it's like off-putting it doesn't really sound like it resolves <laughs> it works for the end of the song you see i really like that kind of off-putting scream at the end of the song and the album because it feels like someone standing alone on stage mm-hmm. performing to like an empty room yeah. um I thought you were going to say because you just like do it to yourself in the middle of your flat. I was going to say that's what you do when you've been, you know, the British lockdown has been quite intense. I don't know if you've heard. <laughs> and so I've been doing yeah, a lot of singing and dancing in my room. Uh, not to not to flex, but indoor pubs open next week, guys. Monday, <laughs> but who's counting? Um, and so there's been a lot of that sensation of like, I'm still singing and there's no one here. Right. And so it's, I just really like, you know, this as the the end of the album. I thought it was a, as you said, slightly off-putting end. Yeah, a, li- a little it bit. It makes you a little uncomfortable. It does. <laughs> it does. And, you know, this is like totally random. But I when I was heard the song, I thought of this really random, like there's a character named Freak Show who shows up in Danny Phantom. I don't know if you know it, but it like, I don't know. They just popped into my head for no reason. 
because that's his name. So totally unrelated, but anyway. Um, so now I will pass the baton back to Sean, who's going to go in a complete 180 back mm. to, um, uh, well, I don't even know what you would consider a country, I guess, uh, Martina McBride. That's right. Master of Cycles, my friends, Hunter Sigona. Uh, Independence Day, Martina McBride. The album is The Way I Am, released in 1993, the year of our Lord, and the genre is country. Um, Molly, a girl, a woman, and the connections about this song are incredible. The story of a woman with her daughter, abusive husband, and I feel like the story writes itself, an Oscar-worthy movie. Um, and again, Hunter wrote an abusive husband. Thank you, Hunter. Sorry. And, no, 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 it's all good. It's all good. So, um, again, this connection to real life, Molly, I think that's something that we've been drawing upon pretty early in this podcast, um, is a message to real life. Um, I think I've been talking about this for a while, but how does this story impact the music? Yeah, so I think that's something that's been coming back a bit in pop music recently is this idea that we should be telling a story with songs. Mm -hmm. um, and in creating a playlist, um, all on the theme of women committing murder, mm. because that's how my winter has been. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I came across this song and I just really enjoy it because as you said, it's this vivid story that she's telling of, mm. you know, this woman and her solution to her, her husband abusing her is, is to burn down their house. Right. And I really like the mm -hmm. kind of parallel between, you know, Independence Day, literally like the 4th of July, but also Independence Day in, you know, the more metaphorical freedom of, right. you know, you pick your way out kind of thing. Right. I noticed and, that. Oh, sorry. Let me cut you off there. Go ahead. No, I was going to say it also just fits very nicely on my, on my murder playlist that I often <laughs> listen to <laughs> walking around the city. Like I'll pop out to the shops and I'll be listening to murder music. <laughs> they have no idea what they're in for. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you better watch out for Jack the Ripper. I heard he's a bad guy. Um, ah, he's over in East London. That's very far oh, okay. away from me. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> you know, maybe a few centuries off. Um, yeah, you know, I, I, it was really interesting that we were talking about this song because I love that the song is a double meaning, mm -hmm. meaning that Independence Day is something we think of when we think of maybe Cinco de Mayo or we think about just American Independence Day or July 4th. Mm -hmm. But Independence Day to someone who is escaping something and then yeah. feeling validated because they did something like that is almost yeah. justifiable, you know, and it's really powerful. Um, this song is a freaking bop. I love this song. This was <laughs> That's great. an important note. I'm glad you noted that. Thank it's you. A bop. Thank you. And I wrote it, it is. And I wrote it in all caps, just for you, Molly. Good. All caps. And here's something interesting that I, I, I feel like I understand about country is. Um, country comes into our lives at a real reckoning. And, and McBride mentions that in the song. Um, mm -hmm. What does it mean to those who listen to country that that they feel like their own Independence Day is coming? And, and like you said, like you listen to these um, female um, so, like these um, murder songs. What, what, what does that yeah. make you feel? Does that make you feel? How does it make you feel? Well, you know, it's been a weird year, right? right. We've all been kind of locked in. Mm -hmm. Um, and I live in a house of all people studying epidemiology and public health. So we've, <laughs> we've taken it quite seriously, right. um, despite mm -hmm. all having gotten it last October. And so it's been kind of this, you know, you're angry because you wish you could do more and, and right. we're studying and there's nothing you can do. And so to listen to music about this idea of Independence Day, Mm -hmm. as slowly, slowly, slowly the restrictions ease here in London. And, mm -hmm. you know, just a couple of weeks ago, we were allowed to sit outside at a restaurant for the first time in four months and absolutely froze. Mm -hmm. So worth it right. to get to, you know, just walk out of your house in uncomfortable shoes mm -hmm. and sit outside at a pub for an hour. And right. so this idea of, you know, finally getting to, walk out and live in this city that I moved to eight months ago and haven't really been in is 
you know, yeah. it's an odd place to be. And so this music is a nice parallel. Yeah. Also, total over-dramatization of my <laughs> lockdown. I feel like I should mention that. Right. It's been all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you move across the country. You have to figure out the quarantine rules. I'm sure that's definitely crazy. Yes. Um, have you gotten to do, I mean, speaking of independence and speaking of finally speaking for yourself, have you gotten to do any of your comedy over in Britain? So I've had very little luck doing comedy in Britain because um, mm -hmm. everything's right, been closed since I've been here. But right. also, I just don't think the British enjoy my style of comedy. <laughs> uh, I can't, Obviously, you know. right. I have a lot of friends who are British. One of my flatmates is British. Right just don't think I'm very funny. So, I mean, I'll try it when right. pubs open back up, but I'm not expecting a prolific career. Sure. Um, sure. I'm expecting a pity laugh. Right. And then I, I'll say, I'll go back to New York. <laughs> I, I thought you were going to make the bridge as British American epidemiologist comic eventually. You know? Yeah. I think this is a good start. I think yeah. we should maybe focus more on the epidemiologist section yeah. right now. We'll give that a try. We'll see how it works out. Um, not like <laughs> For the record, we think you're funny. We think you're pretty I, funny. Yeah. I really appreciate it, guys. This yeah. is the support I'm looking for. You <laughs> get the master's degree. You don't need it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Start. Well, well, I mean, as soon as pubs open up, like tomorrow, get out there. Start, you know. I've you know, got stuff in. Yeah. <laughs> We're looking forward to it. And uh, the lakes. Hunter, take it away. Ah, yes. The lakes. Um, so this one actually pleasantly surprised me. I'm not a huge uh, country fan, but I know that Taylor Swift, uh, she sort of varies from genre to genre, none of which are the usual circles that I travel in, but this is from her album Folklore 2020. And, um, you know, it's a very emotional song, and I really like the chord changes, especially during the... Um, huh, see, I knew what I meant, but I actually wrote in my notes. I really like the chord changes during the chord changes. Um, but what I meant was, <laughs> I really like the chord changes during the chorus. Mm -hmm. um, and it's very restrained. Like, I, you know, it never really climaxes in the way you'd expect. Every time it builds to a climax, it sort of pulls back, which I think is very neat. Uh, what do you think is with this way it opens? Um, it starts with this almost like synth violin or theremin sounding instrument, which then fades into the clearer sound. What do you think that was? Why do you think they put that in? I think, so this is all about this kind of lakes district in the north of England and her trying to escape fame and go off and live this kind of quieter life. And I think, to me, I hear that as her kind of getting back to real instruments because it does start with this very synth sound and then it mm -hmm. fades into more piano guitar kind of, Folky. You can tell it was probably very folky and, and she's going for that more, you know, you're sitting in your backyard, sitting around a campfire, writing songs kind of energy. And so that's kind of how I, I interpret the start of the song. It's her just getting away. Mm -hmm. That campfire song song. Um, <laughs> oh, it has to be a SpongeBob reference in there somewhere. Um, and you know, you, you sort of mentioned it already. You know, she's going to the to these lakes, and I didn't realize it. Was, I mean, she mentions, um, I think, what, what was it, Windermere, um, which sounded English, but I was also not sure because she's not English. So I was like, are, is she writing about over? There? I didn't realize it was about somewhere particularly in England. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's just something I no. was not sure about. She's definitely spent some time here i think she might live in london now i'm not sure really um she's spotted up in hampstead heath every so often which is one of our haunts uh, around the city <laughs> because really? the only things you can do is go to parks uh for most of the winter you were allowed to go to your local park as long oh, as you didn't true. take public transit you were allowed to go to the park and so we would cycle up three miles to go to hampstead heath and that was she was photographed there once, and we were like, "We're going forever." <laughs> <laughs> in the in the uh, hopes you might spot her, or yeah, run her over with your bike. Who's to say? <laughs> um, and my other question is, you know, how, from I guess from a more musical standpoint, 
it's clearly a very serene song, but usually when someone says that, they don't necessarily always know why they're saying that. What do you think she does in the song to convey this sense of peace? How do you think she shows or, or makes us feel the lake in the song, or the or at least the atmosphere of it? I think, you know, Taylor Swift is such a an amazing songwriter. She really, on her last two albums, has shown that she she can just write a good song uh -huh. using really beautiful imagery. And so I think there's one line in the song that um, to me really sets the tone for the whole thing. And it's the line, I want to watch wisteria grow over my bare feet because I mm -hmm. haven't moved in years. And I just really think yeah. that sets this tone of such peace. And also on all the fancy houses here, there's wisteria growing up them because I think it's probably a class thing. But it's just this very, you know, it's a beautiful vine that takes forever to establish itself. And so, right. And I think that's smack dab in the middle of the song that she talks about that image. And it's just, she creates this whole little fairyland, like you're out in the woods and, you know, there's a clear blue pool nearby and you're in the woods and there's no one bothering you. Mm -hmm. You know. It's this beautiful, quiet imagery. And you're right, it doesn't have any kind of, of the dramatic peaks of other songs on that album or, you know, going back even to the albums before that, you know, Reputation and Lover were a bit more pop and, and dramatic and this is a bit quieter. And I think, you know, I think she's done a nice shift in genre and I think this song really exemplifies that. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned the, you mentioned the lyrics and I'm, mm -hmm. I like the one you picked out because how often do you hear the word wisteria? It has a, a very nice <laughs> ring to it, but it really does give you that clear picture. It's a, it was a mm -hmm. good choice. Um, particularly for someone like you who, who knows the area. Um, the one line that stuck out to me was take me to the lakes where all the poets went to die. Um, mm -hmm. Something about that line, a very, a very haunting sort of line. Um, and I'm assuming, what, what do you think she means by that? I think it's this idea that like, when people, like writers back in like olden days got old, they would just kind of go out to the woods and be quiet old people and just kind of live these very quiet, balanced lives after kind of a more dramatic young life. And I think that's something she really, finds fascinating she's written a couple of other songs about like escaping fame and escaping the drama of living your life in the world uh -huh. and so i think this song is really just quiet and peaceful yeah i i would yeah. agree um and with that we're going to again switch 180 <laughs> we're going to start a revolution Beautiful. Again, master of segues, ladies and gentlemen, Hunter Sigona. The song is Revolution, sung by Malikoa. The album is called Hunger, released in 2020, and the genre is pop. Sorry, pop. Uh, Molly, I've been really into anthems lately, and I feel like this song is a huge anthem to something. I can't figure out what it means or what exactly what they're talking about. I'm kidding. Um, the song is Revolution. Um, and, and it's so, I feel like pop is such a weird word to use when mm -hmm. describing music. Um, and I feel like she has a really great sound. I think it's mm -hmm. a she, right? Hopefully it's a she. Yes. Thank God. Okay, cool. All right. So how would you like to describe her sound? She has a very low voice and mm -hmm. she's, she kind of uses her lower range in a way that you don't hear too often and her songs are often in this kind of you know they start quite low and she gets very dramatic right. by kind of the shout chorus of her songs mm -hmm. and i think this song really shows off kind of exactly what hunter was just talking about not happening in the lakes right. you know you don't get that insane crescendo and she really does that and her sound is very dramatic right. and very fun <laughs> yeah. I really enjoyed the song and I feel like 
this year alone and a few years after this and before this, we've had these revolutions. Mm -hmm. And the definition of revolution means wanting change or desiring change. Um, and I feel like this song inspires so much that I feel like this song can be taken and sewn in different directions. How would you like to describe this revolution that she's looking for and how does it inspire you? I mean, to me, this song is about kind of betting on yourself and, mm -hmm. and even if you, you mess it up, it was still worth it to try. Mm -hmm. And I found this song in my first couple months living here and, and trying to figure out a new country and, you know, all of the tiny pieces that go into building a normal life somewhere, like figuring out what grocery store you're going to shop at and how to get places. Mm -hmm and memorizing your new cell phone number after having the same cell phone number <laughs> since you were 11. <laughs> you know, it's all of mm -hmm. these tiny little pieces that go into making your normal life. Mm -hmm. And so every day felt like I was trying to rebuild a life. Right. And so this song really resonated with me because I messed up a lot of days. Mm -hmm. Like, there were a lot of days where I went to bed and I was like, well, you not only got nothing done, but maybe made something worse. Um, <laughs> Aww. And no, it happens. Like that's, that's right. part of life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, doing this degree, I often feel like, you know, the, the most inexperienced, unqualified person in the room, because um, largely it's true and that's all right. But this idea of being unafraid to fail has really resonated with me because, you know, I have done it and I'm doing all right. And I like to, I like to think people on my course haven't noticed my youth and inexperience. Mm -hmm. And I think large parts of that are because I'm willing to give the wrong answer. Mm. Um, because it's better than giving no answer. Mm. And that's what this song kind of means. It's better to have tried and screwed it up right. than not tried. <laughs> right. I'm going to ad lib a question, which means Great. I, I don't really know what I'm going to try to say, but I'm going to try to say it. I felt like the community of this song feels good. Like, I feel like there's a real benefit to, to, um, and I think, I think we're going to talk about it with, with one of your one direction songs. A cup coming um but do you feel like these insp inspirational words help or do you feel like sometimes that they can be distracting i think it depends on when you listen to them right mm -hmm. um for me this is a song that often sits on a playlist that i'm listening to when i'm already feeling kind of like okay things are going all right, let's keep the momentum going. Sure. You know, you put this on at 11 o'clock at night when you've got a deadline at 8 a.m. the next day. That's when you put this on and you get up and you kind of pep talk yourself and you're like, we can get this done. Mm -hmm. um, and I can see how this song would be kind of like, it's just words if you're listening to it sometimes. But right. I think it's also got this potential right. that so many songs have. And one that resonates with me, I think. Right. Did you say take a break, like perchance? Did I, I gonna, say take a break? I think I think we are going to take a break, and this break is going to be <laughs> sponsored by our friends at Anchor. Molly, you know this. We are on Twitter, we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook, we're on TikTok, and we are on YouTube. On Twitter, we are at Music Speaks underscore Pod. On Instagram, we are Music Speaks underscore Podcast. On Facebook, we are simply just Music Speaks Podcast. Quick talk, we are at Music Speaks underscore podcast, and on the YouTube, we are Music Speaks Podcast. Uh, we're not done with you yet. you got five more songs, and we'll come back, and uh, don't go away. We'll be right back. Cool. All right, and we are back, and we have consented to start recording, as Google <laughs> likes to ask us, um, although apparently only this time. Uh, so the next song we have of Molly's is Scissor Hands by Maggie Lindemann. And it's from the album Paranoia from 2008. 
from 2021. Couldn't possibly imagine why anyone would have an album named Paranoia in 2021. But um, this one, it took such a dark turn, Molly. I began to wonder if you were doing okay. <laughs> I was like, are we going to turn the meat on? And she's going to be like hair everywhere and like running black makeup or something. Um, I thought about it. <laughs> yeah, would be quite a look. Uh, it had such an intense guitar part and very like heavy beat. The woman seems highly depressed. Um, what's the what's the metaphor that she's like singing about? What is this scissor hands thing? So the metaphor is she is speaking as kind of the character Edward Scissorhands, mm -hmm. and it's this idea that you can't get anyone too close to you because you'll hurt them just by virtue of who you are. Um, and it oh. does have this very kind of angry, grungy sound to it. <laughs> so, yep, that's true. <laughs> uh -huh. And, um, you know, weirdly, there were like some parts of it that went into major and it was like very strange in the middle of it because then, you know, you have this like underlying guitar part sounds very minor, major over the top. And I was like, whoa, that's that's bizarre. Um, is there any particular time you find yourself listening to this song or is this just like on that murder playlist? So this isn't even on the murder playlist. Oh, dear God, what's on there earlier. then? The murder playlist is very specific. She does not mention murder in this <laughs> song and thus okay. it's not even eligible, Hunter. No, this is on like my like girl power, angry women singing ah, playlist. Right. Um, and I really like it because I think Maggie Lindemann is doing something. It's the new sound. You don't hear it very often. Mm -hmm. um, and I really like she's got um, she's sampling actual scissor sounds in the background for it. And it sounds mm -hmm. like blades passing each other. And for me, this is a fun song. Um, I try very hard not to think about the deeper meaning of this song because it's such a fun beat and it's so kind of unnecessarily intense. Mm -hmm. um, and it's very good for writing code too. You'd be amazed. Really? To write some good code to this song. It really like puts some fire in you and you, you oh, that get the code done. I'm telling you. So is that like so this this angry women playlist, do you have a particular time other than writing code that you listen to that where you say like, I need this right now? It's good for writing code and getting ready to go out, but I don't go out very much these days. So it's mostly code <laughs> Nobody writing. Nobody does. Well, you can, you can drink in parks here, it's legal. And so every so often, if people are feeling very brave and put together and under, six people are willing to go because that's the rule here you can't have more than six you'll get all dressed up and go stand in regent's park and oh my have god a single freezing cold beer in that's like the fun. rain <laughs> oh god in heaven why would you ever do that i don't like the outdoors to begin with yeah better than being in your bedroom for six months well that's definitely <laughs> i suppose there's some truth to that um, but is there any, <laughs> is there any particular, uh, aspect of this? You know, you mentioned the scissor sampled, uh, mm -hmm. the scissor sound samples, I'm trying to say that three times fast, um, that you like about the song other than that, like anything that really strikes you? I really like halfway through the song, she goes into, uh, it might be a bridge or a verse or something where she slows it down and she cuts out all of the angry electric guitar yeah. and it's just like her singing in this kind of low haunting um like tone of voice and it really gets to what we were talking about earlier this overarching theme where she works so hard to make sure she's always alone mm -hmm. and i just think it's this very dark middle section of the song that's almost like you can tell the rest of the song sounds angry because the real point of the song is that she's a bit sad. Mm -hmm. um, right. Almost like that part is the heart of the song and the rest is sort of like a distraction. 
Exactly. That is what I was trying to say. Thank you so much. <laughs> I was <laughs> dancing around that. <laughs> no, I, I totally got what you meant with that. Cause I could see, cause it is a very strike. It's all of a sudden very void. It's very, um, mm -hmm. you know, it, it empty, but at the same time, it's not, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it's almost naked. Like it feels yeah. like she's finally speaking to her audience. Yes. I think it's a very good way of putting it. Yeah. And now I guess we, we, I don't know, become more happy. I, I don't know, we, we're, we're not as alone uh, as you uh, are finding where you belong with the next song. Oh, perfect. Master of segues, ladies and gentlemen, Hunter Zagona. Don't forget where you belong. Wow, I didn't mean to do that. One Direction. You belong. <laughs> if I could take another take of that. Don't forget where you belong, One Direction. The album is Midnight Memories. The release was 2013, and the genre is but pop. Um, not the usual sounding One Direction song, Molly. Obviously inspirational. Um, what drew you to the song? So I've been a One Direction fan since way back. Uh, a lot of people know this about me. I'm not particularly shy about it. I think it's a fun alternate flavor of my personality. Um, and so this is one of their more kind of serious songs. It was in 2013 when they were just starting to write their own stuff and do songs that weren't just like, we're gonna go out and party up all night, um, which are also great, but right. not, not as great. Right. Um, and I really, this year, this song has been a lot for me. Uh, mm. As I've mentioned, I, I got a bit <laughs> trapped in the UK for Christmas and, and all the way through until April. And so um, this idea of, you know, home and, and you'll always be able to go back home mm -hmm. uh, has been really powerful and, and tough to listen to at times, but right. you know, right. it's, it's nice to listen to this song and have it, you know, be this reminder that you can always go home. <laughs> Yeah. You know, I, I followed the rat hole known as the YouTube comment section. Oh, God. Um, and I wanted to ask you, what do you say to, if you ever feel alone, don't? Because Do you they're, mean they're... the best line in the song, Because <laughs> <laughs> that's the line in the song that people made fun of the most yeah, in horrible. the comment section. What do you make of that? Do you do you find that to be, like, relaxing? Do you want to make fun of that more? What is your connection to that? So I'm I'm a bit on the fence, as I often am, because first of all, it's a ridiculous lyric to write. Yeah. Like if you feel alone, hey, maybe don't do that. Um, but also, you know, you guys have both met my family. We're a family of, you know, maybe don't feel so alone. It's it's going to be all right. Exactly. If you yeah. ever feel alone, don't. And so um, I do like that line because it actually reminds me of of my mom and her kind of, hmm. you know, oh, I'm so sorry you're sad. Have you have you tried not doing that? <laughs> which, <laughs> which totally comes from a place of love, of yeah. course, but it often comes across much like the fabulous One Direction line, if you ever feel alone, yeah. don't. You're not on your own, um, which is ridiculous and written for, I believe, ease of rhyming purposes, perhaps. Right. <laughs> you, you know, your mom gave me really great advice you know, when I was in high school when I was doing marching band, and I said to her, man, I'm so thirsty. And she says, thirsty? Don't. Drink some water. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'll do that. That sounds like a good plan. That sounds like her. Um, that sounds yeah, like her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm so glad you brought this song because it's also, it, it doesn't sound like a normal One Direction song. You, see, you know I what I mean? It's funny that you mentioned that because to me this is more what one direction sounds like okay because the songs that made it onto the radio from one direction are very like very pop and very much like girl you don't know that you're beautiful and that's why you're beautiful which is right. hilarious like right. oh good lord right. 12 year old right. harry styles or however old he was right. what a hilarious thing to say to a girl and so this is more what i think of this more quiet genre where they're trying a bit harder mm -hmm. um in terms of actual singing and and lyrics um right. and i think they they definitely get better as they go on 
Um, I think there's something to be said for them writing their own stuff right. later on. Okay. Um, yeah. And getting a bit older, I don't know how many sure. like 17 year olds are really like mature vocally. Right. Um, and so I think this is kind of their start to sounding good <laughs> objectively. Right. No, no, no. Yeah. And I, I can definitely see the directions that most of them went into where um, Harry left and then created his own musical style. Um, mm -hmm. And one of his songs, uh, Watermelon Sugar, became one of my favorite songs during the summer because I listened to it so, so many times because it was just so good, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, so I do have to give Harry a little bit of credit for, for, do, for doing that, but... Um, because he was definitely someone to listen to during the summer of, of COVID. So it's interesting. <laughs> summer um, of the Rona. Summer of the Rona. We're never going to forget that. Um, Hunter, <laughs> if you keep saying that, you might be paranoid. No, I'm kidding. That's the name of the next song, which is You'd Be Paranoid Too. Um, so Hunter, take it away. Sure. So um, the song You'd Be Paranoid Too, parentheses, if everyone, if everyone you knew was out to get you by water parks. Uh, I forgot the closed parenthesis, but I think you'll forgive me. Um, the album is called Same as Title from mm. 2021. Mm -mm. Sorry. Oh, I see. Oh, <laughs> me. Well, I wasn't sure because, you know, there's that musical that's called Title of Show. So when I see the parentheses now, it no longer has any meaning to me. Because I was like, when you saw that musical, like I, I was thinking to myself, title of show, I don't get it. And then I was like, oh, that's the actual title of the show. <laughs> so now I can never tell when I see things because I second guess it. So the title of the, sh the album is actually the same as the song. Um, I think the title of the album is actually Greatest Hits. Is um, it Greatest it Hits? It hasn't come out yet though. That's oh. the thing. This is a single off of the new oh, album that hasn't from come out. The album. I had heard yeah. that it was. I, you know what? Damn Google always tricks me with this stuff. So I thought it was called that, but I'm so glad it was. So sorry. That's okay. <laughs> so is it a greatest hits album, or is it just that's the name of the song? The name of that's the album. That's the name of the album. That's really, really confusing. Yeah. Well, they're optimistic. Exactly right. They're optimistic. They're looking to the future. So I maybe. So maybe you were right, Hunter. So I hey who knows maybe I, <laughs> well, at this point let's just say the name of the song is you'd be paranoid too, and um, I don't know Molly are you paranoid that people are out to get you? No, not at all. I just think this song is hilarious and fun. yeah. So yeah. an observation. So I guess first, um, tell me why you think it's so fun before I ask my question. So. I'm a big fan of the band Water Parks. I have been for a while. Uh, the fact that they're coming out with new stuff right now is really exciting because I'm going into exam season and that means I get to study to new Water Parks, which is spectacular. And I picked this one because it's they do their kind of classic Water Parks verses where they talk, sing the verse, and then they yell the chorus. Um, and I just... I think they're legitimately great musicians, but um, some of the songs have this kind of similar way to be built. And uh -huh. I like this one because it, to me, it's this is classic water parks. Yeah. Like, this is what they do in a fun way. Mm -hmm. And having said that, then, you know, the, the, the sound that apparently they, they do so well you see, it, it, it does fit, I think, with some of the songs that you've chosen. You seem to be drawn to this very, uh, th this particular sound that like screams teenage rebellion. <laughs> I, I, I don't know, that's just the, the sense I get from it. Any particular reason? I don't know. So I think, I know exactly the sound you're talking about. I have um, a playlist called White Dudes Who Need a Good Therapist. <laughs> and it's populated by all of these songs um and it's in i have a couple of other playlists on similar topics like all songs that sound like they were written by all time low but weren't um, that's really funny like i have a couple of playlists that fall into that and they're all under the the umbrella category of emo white boys <laughs> um, definitely what the, you know similar to this 
Yeah, and I don't know what draws me to it. I just really like that they're so upset about something that is so trivial. Because this mm-hmm. is the reason he's so paranoid is because he's too famous. Um, and Waterparks has done a couple of songs that fall into the the boohoo I'm too famous category, which is one of my favorites. I think it's mm-hmm. hilarious when um, musicians get a bit too into the world of kind of celebrity and and high rolling sorts of cultures and then they write songs about how difficult it is to have too much money yeah. and too much uh, notoriety. I just think it's funny as a grad student, you know, that's not a problem I have right now, but I think exactly. it's funny they have this issue. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, oh, you poor thing. How would I help yeah. you with that? Oh, I'm so sorry. Let me help. You know, you just give me some of that money and we can just work it out. And I can then shop at Waitrose instead of Aldi. How about that? You know, there you go. It would work well. But it's funny because that that theme is sort of what the Taylor Swift song was about. And And yet it doesn't quite have the same vibe to it. Like Mm -hmm. when she does it, not because it's her, but the way she did the song, it it struck me as less obvious and was yeah. not as much in your face. And I, I didn't feel like it was poor me. Yeah. You know what I, I mean? The difference is she was painting this beautiful picture of a life that any one of us could want. Mm-hmm. This kind of quiet, idyllic life where you don't have to go to work and you don't have to go to class and you can sit out and prune your rose bushes all day. Meanwhile, the other direction of that is complaining about what you currently have, which is a lot of money and fame. And, and fame, so I think yeah. she is definitely criticizing her own fame and saying she doesn't love it all the time. But she's not saying that. She's implying it. And I think it's a fun. Right. We all know what she's upset about, but she's not saying it. So. Right, so it's a little it's a little more tolerable then because you're like, okay, <laughs> okay, you're not yeah. gonna say it. Exactly. Whereas you know, like as you put it, the 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 white boys with ther- without therapists, mm-hmm. which I think that that is so funny. I'm gonna tell that it's to Gabby; playlist. she's gonna laugh. Good, I think it's good. It's a good playlist. White dudes who need a good therapist. Follow it on Spotify, <laughs> folks. That's that's hysterical. Um, and my last question about it is, why do you think the song ends so abruptly? I mean, there's really no indication the song is going to end and then done. I think um, a lot of Waterparks is inspired by those old Panic at the Disco albums that we talked about briefly earlier, where all of the songs lead into the next song and you're supposed to listen to the album kind of all in one sitting. And so mm-hmm. I will. I would bet money that this goes straight into the intro of the next song on this album. It just hasn't come out yet. But also uh, I think I see that's right. I think that's musically what's going to happen. This is of course a total shot in the dark. I know nothing. Um, <laughs> but also I think it might be this kind of symbolic ending of he's so paranoid. Mm-hmm. And then who knows what happened to him at the end of the song. Because he's telling this crazy story of like something could go wrong at any second because of what he says and the fact that he's in the music industry and criticizes the music industry and someone might stop him at any time. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's this idea of where's the line and when has he gone over the line and maybe he went over the line and that's why the song ends because they said, that's enough, you're done recording. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> They're like, off. And they were like, well, you're done. That's enough from you. <laughs> exactly. Well, we're done with that now. Um, very cool. I, it was an interesting It was an interesting song. Um, and I saw the music video for it. They're like a quirky group. Oh, they're a quirky group, yeah. Yeah. Uh, now, less, less quirky, more heartfelt, though still a little bit outlandish, we shall be moving into the world of Wicked. That's oh. right. And the next song is For Good. From Wicked original Broadway cast recording, Kristen Chenoweth and Dina Menzel. The album is from the musical Wicked. Uh, release of the musical was in 2003. It was very mm-hmm. surprising how far how long ago that was. Um, genre classical, easy listening, slash musicals. 
um, Molly, I feel like people who really love this show really have a special mm -hmm. relationship to it. Mm -hmm. um, but before I before I get to that, um, what is your relationship to the song? So this is one of three songs my sister and I duet in the car together. Sure. Um, ah. And so it's something that, you know, through high school we would sing in the car together that one year that we overlapped. And then in college when I would come home, the first time Abby and I were together in the car, we would, you know, do an extra lap around the neighborhood to finish right. for good. And so, you know, over the last year, I obviously haven't gotten to see her much. Right. Um, and it's become this kind of song I can't listen to, you know? Mm -hmm. And so when I was home in April, I hadn't seen her since uh, the first week in August. And that's the longest I've gone without seeing my sister since she was born mm -hmm. in 2001, longest ever. And we sang for good in the car and we both just like broke down and cried because we were like, this is, we're back kind of yeah. and yeah. and it's been really hard and we're back and you know wicked is this musical that means so much to it's my mom's favorite musical it's about sisters and my mom is one of three sisters me and my sister uh you know she had two daughters and so it's this kind of touchstone through the family and and with my sister and so i had to put this song on here because it's a beautiful song that oh i love it Right. Have you gotten to see the show before? I have. I've seen it twice. The wow. first time I was very, very young. I was terrified of the flying monkeys, and I spent <laughs> most of it on the ground. I don't even think I was in a ticketed seat. Um, <laughs> I think I was, like, carried in. I think I saw it in 2005 or six. Like, I was wow. young. I was too young to see it. Wow. Um, and it was the first time I'd ever, like, been to New York on the train mm -hmm. um and i remember just sitting and watching it's so loud you know when you're in those theaters and the, everyone mm -hmm. is so talented and i remember just thinking right. this is the greatest thing ever mm -hmm. um and then i got to see it again with my sister and our grandmother and my mom we went in the four of us and saw it uh when we were in high school and mm -hmm. it was i mean it's so great mm -hmm. it's amazing Right. Wicked as a musical. I mean, the first act ends with defying gravity. I mean, what uh -huh. more do you want, people? <laughs> it's the greatest. Um, and so getting to see this live was just what a treat, really. Right, yeah. Hunter and I had the lucky uh, ability to talk about uh, the Bernstein Mass, who um, Schwartz wrote for, um, and we get to talk about that last time. And, and something interesting that we... Hunter and I really discovered about the mass was how great of a of a writer um, he is, and just how a, a great lyricist he is. And I had the pleasure of meeting him when I got to do Children of Eden, and I think I practically begged my director. I was like, "Can I please sing for him? Can I please sing for him?" And he's like, "No." I'm like, <laughs> "All right." Because you know, at the time I was I was playing God and I was feeling pretty high and mighty, so I felt like I could have done. No, I'm kidding. Um, it made sense that someone more qualified would do it. But I wanted to ask you the the question that I want to ask you is about the lyrics. And mm -hmm. one of my favorite sections is where they both sing together. Who can mm -hmm. say I've been changed for the better? I do believe I have been changed for the better oxymorons in one sentence yeah. what do you think about that so you know it's it's being sung by these two women who met each other and and hated each other right mm -hmm. and then kind of become sisters throughout this this okay. musical and because they met each other who can say if they've been changed for the better but they've definitely been changed for good right um, yeah. and so it's this idea of like, you meet these people and you might not be any better, but you're definitely different. Right. And I mean, you guys both know my sister and you guys know how close we are. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I'm who I am because of her and she's who she is because of me. Right. Um, and especially now that we don't see each other as often, mm -hmm. you know, there's this lingering sense of you tell a joke and you turn because you think 
she'd really like that joke. She would get that joke and no one in the room gets it. Sure. But your sister would get it. And Mm -hmm. so it's this idea of wasn't a funny joke. It wasn't a good joke. But I'm gonna send a text to my sister, even though it's five AM in the US right now. Because when she wakes up, she's gonna be like, Oh, that's friggin' hilarious. Why didn't anyone laugh? (laughs) (laughs) And I'll say, Because that's funny to two people in the whole world. Right. And you're ten thousand miles away. Right. You know. Yeah. You know, I wish my sisters thought the same way you and your sister did. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Well, there's only um, two of us. <laughs> I know. I know. There's only two of you and I can't uh, duplicate you, but that's fine. Um, you know, and, and here's the crazy thing. When I listened to this song, I went down so many rabbit holes. Mm-hmm. But I think someone who I'm I, I'm absolutely obsessed with because my, my girlfriend introduced me was Jessica Vosk. And she is incredible. I think she's probably, the, I, I mean, in my opinion, I think she's the best alphabet out there because I, I think her, her vocal timbre is incredible. Really? And I think she's really, really great. But I also got to listen to another version with just older Indina and older Kristen singing the same part. And right at the mm. end of the song, I just watched them hug and embrace. And mm. that felt like they were a part of something really special. And so when you, when you sing this song with your sister, do you do you remember older memories that associate with the song? Yeah, I mean, we've been singing this song since high school. So we've been singing it on and off for like seven years now, eight right. years now. Mm-hmm. And it's just, we're not very good singers. Like we're both okay at best, right. let's be clear. <laughs> we're competing with some of the best singers in the world. Right. Um, sure. But, yeah. you know, you you have these weird things that happen when you sing the same song with someone over and over again. Right. You know where they're not going to hit the note. They know where you're not going to hit the note. Sure. There's part of this where they harmonize. I don't think we've ever gotten any part of that harmony right. <laughs> <laughs> if we spent 20 minutes, we could pick apart the harmony, learn the notes. It would be totally doable. You guys know, both of us read music. We could uh-huh. figure it out. Yeah. We have not tried at all. <laughs> one, of us, one of us is I'm always driving a car when we're doing this, usually on like the Merritt Parkway at rush hour. God. So you're not learning a, you know, a two part harmony sure. with two Broadway singers. And so it's nice to, sure. you know, it's like putting on a, an old pair of shoes, you know, you put it on, you know exactly what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, somebody will hit a note they didn't hit before you'd be like, oh, okay, <laughs> all right. <laughs> but usually, that doesn't happen and usually it's the same little oh you still haven't learned the words to that little section there that's interesting it's been forever Um, (laughs) and so you know it's it's got such history behind it Mm -hmm. that at this point it feels wrong to learn the harmonies and the specific words yeah i'll figure it out or i won't (laughs) speaking of a specific word that people don't say a lot in the harry potter universe hunter take it away sure so i guess i'm rounding it out here now that i clean my glasses i can actually see um so uh this next song voldemort which is obviously named after the uh villain figure in harry potter for those listening who don't know uh by the band with confidence um Mm -hmm. and i believe it's from their album uh better weather from 2016 and Mm -hmm. You know, the dr- it's a driving and rather positive seeming message, and it isn't clear on initial listen what the message actually is. Do you know what the title is referring to since it's never said in the song? So I've always thought it was a song about kind of the the things we don't talk about in friendships and relationships, which is, you know, the darker stuff, the you know, the anxiety, the the depression, the stuff that a lot of us are dealing with all the time, because it opens with this. I remember that night when she said, oh, maybe I can't do this on my own lyric. And it's that idea that at some point everyone's going to break and say, you know, I don't think I can, I can do this solo. And that's kind of that breakthrough point that you have. And then after that, you can start to put yourself back to back to who you would like to be mm-hmm. that's what i think it's about i don't actually know is that what it's about <laughs> uh well 
according to our dramaturg here, Sean, um, <laughs> the uh, the title it 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 just like I mean you you are you are pretty much right. It is about the unspoken things, the things that are not supposed to be. I guess in referring to mental illness, mm -hmm. um, which you did mention depression, uh, anxiety, you know, the things that are difficult for people mm -hmm. to discuss. Um, oftentimes it's very, don't ask, don't tell, you know, a very hush-hush, mm -hmm. um, particularly years ago. I mean, this is 2016, so we're in, you know, mm -hmm. pretty, pretty modern age, but, you know, if you were listening to a band from even 20 years prior, it probably would not be anything discussed. Um, so you are, you are completely right about that. So I'm glad you, you know, I'm glad you got that message. Cause I know if I were listening to this first, I don't know if I would get that right away. Um, I, I listened to it like, uh, like two times or so, um, two or three times. And, you know, why do you think, and this is something actually we were just talking about in one of the classes I, I'm subbing for now. Um, I'm not an English major, but I'm currently teaching English. And we were reading works of being a wallflower. Mm. And it's something very relevant to that to that book. And why do you think it is that that people have a hard time talking about that, but you know all the those issues, and yet can write about it in particularly the song form? I think there's something about the idea that when you're talking to someone, you have to watch their reaction, right? Uh -huh. Yeah. And if you can write it down in in a music form or in a you know a word form and kind of writing in poetry or prose you don't have to watch the reaction as much even in stand-up comedy there's a lot of talk of mental illness um and you're up in front of a crowd but you don't watch a reaction and i think it's similar with this sort of theme and similar in perks being a wallflower fantastic book by the way um, you can you can write about something and then not watch the audience reaction, even if it's overwhelmingly positive, like it was for for Perks. It's still terrifying to watch, right? Mm -hmm. Right, and that was something that that uh, the concept of person to person is is a very frightening thing, particularly for someone who suffers from, say, social anxiety, or say, um, you know, if they have something like a stutter, uh, mm -hmm. you know, it, that kind of person to person is very, uh, it's difficult. Even for someone who doesn't suffer from any sort of mental illness, people are uncomfortable by interpersonal reaction, especially with yeah. someone they don't know. Yeah. Or, or someone they wish to know better, but can't quite, you know, figure that out. And, you know, for, you know, the, the, the kids, it's a, it's a harder thing for them to grasp, but they sort of, you know, they got it after a while. Um, on the musical aspect of this song, I heard an interesting acoustic cover of this song by the group. And mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I listened to the regular song, but then I, I heard this uh, acoustic version. Had you heard it before? By the way, you're shaking your head, I assume, yes? Yes, I have, yes. Very familiar. And uh, which did you prefer? So I sent you this version because I like it better. Mm -hmm. um, because I really enjoy the, I mean, you guys have both listened to the song. It's a really upbeat song. Yes, it's very. overwhelmingly like happy and, and fun and fast. And I think that's a big piece of why it makes so much sense that they're talking about mental illness because a lot of the people who are struggling are people who you'd never expect mm -hmm. because they can, put on this very positive exterior and say, you know, oh yeah, everything's been great. Um, and so I thought the acoustic cover was really great musically. I just thought it wasn't quite um, as in line with this idea of, you know, we're, we're gonna cover up and, you know, it's called Voldemort because it's he who must not be named. Right. And, you know, we're never gonna say the name of what we're talking about in this song. And so I thought the acoustic gave it away too easily. <laughs> ah, I see, yes, yeah, so it's a little too exposed in yeah. the acoustic way, which I suppose if you're trying to sell it like that, if you're trying to sell the, we're still not gonna say it, but we want you to know it, the acoustic mm -hmm. might be the way to go. But like you said, the facade of happiness is, or, or positivity is mm -hmm. the sort of the crux of the song. So I could see why you like the, the original better. Yeah. 
And this also leads me to a sort of, I guess, an extension question is when a song works well, both in its original form and in a the in a place where it can be pared down and mm -hmm. still work, even if you don't quite get the same thing you get from the original version, what does that tell us about the song? I feel I like think, I'm questioning one of my students. No, I feel like it's a really great question because it happens a lot in this genre. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, a lot of the songs I've sent you also have acoustic versions. And a lot of the songs that were, you know, 11 or, and 12 on my list that eventually got cut were acoustic versions of more of these kind of poppy, punky, angry, emo boy kind of songs. And I think a lot of times it's easier to write these angrier, you know, drum and electric guitar songs because you can be a bit angrier instead of being sad or upset or disappointed. It's easier to go to this angry yelling than it is to be kind of honest about the fact that the world's a really scary place. Um, and so I think the acoustic gets it, you know, exactly what you were talking about. It gives it away a bit more what the song is about. And I think a lot of these songs are about, you know, mental illness and, and how tricky life is. Yeah. So. And why is, it, why is it easier to be angry? Because musically, I think it's probably more fun to be shredding it on the electric guitar <laughs> than, you know, plucking away at a ukulele or, a, or an acoustic. I think that's more fun for the live version. <laughs> yeah, I don't exactly. know how to play guitar. But yeah, I would bet. <laughs> Got nothing, Sean. Yeah. Any idea? You play guitar? You know what? No, I don't. But I do play trumpet, though. And when you play trumpet mad, there's a lot of people that want to tell you, "You got to calm down, buddy. <laughs> Put the knife down." <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. They're like, "Back up, back up, please." Oh my god, Molly. Oh my god, it is so great to have you here. Thank you so much for being it was here. So so fun chatting with you guys. Really. Yeah. You know, like in the For Good song, it is so good to know you. It is so good to talk to you about things. And I know that we're going to talk about things with you in the future. So I hope that your studies go well. I hope your dissertation goes well. And I hope your summer goes well. Thank you. Hope to have you back soon and maybe an episode with your family. I think I've been asking about that, but maybe not. So I don't know. Maybe we can try that out. Um, it is so great to talk to you once again. I'm going to pass the baton back over to my friend over there. And always lovely seeing you, and you're welcome on here anytime. So thank you so away. much for having me. Yeah, I'll reiterate. Re reiterate. I'll reiterate <laughs> what Sean said. Uh, it's always it's always so fun to talk to you, Molly. Uh, whether it's in person or you know from halfway around the world. Uh, so I just want to thank you for being here as well, and I wish you the best of luck with the all the studying and the the end. Hopefully, you know, knock on wood, the end of the British quarantine. Thank you. Here's hoping. You're welcome. <laughs> exactly. Here's hoping, and we hope to see you next time. Thank you so much for having me, guys. All right, bye, Molly. Bye -bye. See you later. Bye. See you soon. Thank you very much, Molly. And next time we will sit down with our friend Jenna Brown. And remember to always keep listening to what you love. <laughs>